Welcome to the Coach Haas Podcast, powered by Sports Rehab PA, along with our sponsors. Buy Optimizers Masszymes, 100% plant-based, naturally derived, best digestive enzyme blend out there right now. Highly concentrated with enzymes that digest proteins, starches, sugars, fibers, and fats. Helps to relieve indigestion, gas, bloating, and fatigue after meals. Take it with the meals to enhance the digestion and nutrient absorption. Also helps to improve recovery after hard exercise and hard efforts. So go to buyoptimizers.com and use code JUICY for 10% off. Kaler Core Training Systems. The Kaler Core column training is the next step in the evolution of strength development, preventing training injuries, and elevating core fitness to maximize athletic performance. The column core is used to help remap the central motor patterns for functional movements to ensure that the movement quality is efficient before loads and demands. Helps to increase strength, flexibility, and speed by 16%, reduces training injuries by 75%, works quickly in six short weeks, helps to strengthen the core in the back, used with multiple Olympic level athletes, NCAA athletes, as well as pro athletes in the NFL and other sports. Visit KaylorCore.com to find out more about the training systems. Also, check out Fit Life and Sports Rehab, Ivy Rehab, for understanding the systems as well in this facility. This is a podcast that was inspired by our curiosity in several areas, and some of those include sports performance, sports injury, team training, recovery nutrition, ACL rehab and recovery, personal development, and fitness entrepreneurship. We also have a 15-minute segment called The 15-Minute Juice. It will be a continuation of the podcast, just in shorter clips, answering questions on physical therapy, rehabilitation, return to play after injury, training, and all things fitness. It's fast, it's concise, it's juicy. Endurally Endurance Products. If you're tired of the marketing hype, ineffective ingredients, and lack of clinically dosed products, then you need to start checking out Endurally. Basically, it's made off of years of research and countless hours in the lab dedicating to validating the ingredients to give endurance athletes the best possible in performance. These ingredients and products have been tested on different individuals, different sports, and validated through training and the results of the athletes. There's no fluff, no fillers, no false promises. Everything that's on the label is in the product. If you want to check out these products and understand where you're getting the best quality for your supplements, check out EnduraElite.com and use code JACKED and JUICY for 10% off. Welcome to the Coach Haas podcast. Uh, it's a balmy Friday here in, in Florida. Uh, Mike, I, did you have the day off today? No, we're here in the clinic. We had a handful of people show up. It's uh, still what snowing. A, what and, a trooper. Uh, Six inches are getting, well, right? No, it's, it's, I mean, right now, yeah, I guess, but the roads are clear. I'm looking out there in the front of the clinic, but you know how it is in Pennsylvania, you know, a little bit of rain gotcha. and nobody yeah. has to drive anymore. So, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So look, we have a we have a guest on that we haven't had on. I went and looked into the archives. He came on, and this is great because his his video is not working. So 
you can't see his face. You may see his name at the bottom, but you can't see his face yet. So um, we had him on in June of 2020. Uh, since all the OCR racing that you do, you found uh, Matt um, through the running public, was it? Podcast? No, we just uh, found each other through Instagram. Um, gotcha. Matt hates was Instagram. A... Huh? Matt hate he hates Instagram. Oh, dude, you know how I feel about Instagram, Mike. I yeah. was, was talking well, about and yeah. dislike of it. <laughs> well, at that point, um, it was it was the way to get in with all the athletes. You saw Endurly starting to float around on the on the post there, and everyone was curious as to what this new product was, and we had connected and. Yeah, you know, I tried the uh, pre-workout, the perform elite, and was like, this is awesome. And then we just kind of went off from there. He's the chief endurance officer for Endure Elite. Uh, we were talking off the uh, off air before you jumped on, and um, we were getting into – I did read one of the articles saying, welcome back. So we'll have him talk and introduce himself again and get into a little bit of his background. Uh, you can go back and listen to the old podcast to get the full background, but we're going to have Matt just kind of jump in a little bit and um, reintroduce himself, and then we'll get going with a bunch of questions we have, and then I want him to kind of discuss a little bit, if he can, you know, about him coming back to Endure Elite. So, yo, Matt, welcome Hello. back. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Yes. What What would you like to know first? Where can I start at? Uh, Mike, you you let you let us know. This is this is uh, one of your one of your finds. So take yeah, us back just, if you remember. I would go with a little bit of background, man. Just let people know who you are and, and what your experience is with um, just what you do. So you know, people want to kind of know credibility or just you know who they're listening to here. Sure. Well, uh, I guess I can start off with my education. I guess I guess that's somewhat important. Um, I originally started as a hand model, and that just got too boring. I mean, no, wait, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> that's great. No. Oh yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, who did who did you bring on a hand model? <laughs> yeah. No, Matt yeah, is not actually be... a hand model, but no, I am not. No, I uh, gosh, education wise, I have my uh, bachelor's of science in exercise science, my master's in exercise physiology with an emphasis in sports nutrition, did my thesis on supplementation and athletic performance. Uh, I'm a certified sports nutritionist through the International Society of Sports Nutrition, have a handful of certs from like the NSCA, ACSM, like clinical exercise physiologist. Um Time as an undergraduate, uh, did a lot of research when creatine was becoming a thing. And then just honestly, after that, into my master's, did a ton of research on supplementation and athletic performance, more geared towards endurance athletes. Uh, after finished my master's, went to go work for a bunch of sports nutrition companies, uh, consulting for them, which all kind of accumulated, uh, accumulated and started in Duralite. And geez, probably... 2017 um just saw there was a, a lack of really good endurance up in the market and thought it'd be a good niche to follow so i did that for four years and then endurelite was acquired uh helped with that transition then just kicked back for about two years got bored 
Um, and Durley asked me if I'd like to come back and kind of do some of the videos and content I've written before. I said, yeah, why the heck not? So, uh, yeah, between the time and Durley was acquired and now just uh, did some consulting for some other companies and then just kind of hopped back on the Endurly train. That's awesome. That's a, that's an extensive resume right there. Yeah, that's that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. It, it, it is a mouthful and a wallet full after a while, after paying for all of that schooling, but it, it was worth it, I suppose. I have, um, I want to get right into some questions here. I know Mike sent me a list of, of, of questions he had too. Um, and a lot of what I, what I noticed with some of the questions you had there, Mike, uh, talking about caffeine. So I guess we're both on the same page. We're wanting to know a little bit about that. Meanwhile, I'll, I'll preface that with, I, I don't normally drink coffee, but I had coffee this morning. So of course, I had caffeine today on the day I'm going to talk to you about caffeine <laughs> and, and should we be limiting caffeine consumption and how much is okay? Should you be limiting caffeine consumption? I mean, yes, to a certain extent. So for reference, like the FDA recommends, like you don't go over 400 milligrams of caffeine per day as a safe threshold. Uh, which is equal to about, you know, four cups of coffee or depending on if you're taking like an energy drink or a pre-workout. I mean, your, your 400 milligrams can be right in that uh, can or pre-workout. Uh, the way I always look at it, say just like for athletic performance, a lot of the research generally agrees that caffeine is most effective and you'll negate a lot of the side effects if you're taking about three to six milligrams per kilogram body weight. So for a guy like me, that's 70 kilograms, 210 milligrams, like before working out would be my sweet spot. And then after that, like, say, if I just need like a pick me up, you could do like another 150 to 200 milligrams. Um, so then, I mean, if you go over that amount, whether it's the 400 milligrams or if you go above six milligrams per kilogram body weight, that's where you might start to see some of the negative side effects of caffeine, like anxiousness, jitteriness, uh, heart palpitations. You know, obviously, if you drink it too close to bed, you're you're probably not going to sleep. And then beyond that, once you get above that six milligrams per kilogram body weight, you don't really see any additional benefits to the caffeine as it relates to performance. I mean, yeah, it may like give you, you know, extra energy or give you a kick in the pants to wake you up even more. But with that higher amount, that's generally where you run into uh, the negative side effects. Now, will it kill you? No, probably not. There's very few cases of like that unless there's like an underlying condition. But again, I mean, you don't need to be going buck wild with caffeine on a daily basis where you drink, you know, a cup of coffee, then you have your pre-workout and then you hit the afternoon and you drink like a, an energy drink and, and so on and so forth. Okay. Does it, does it um, affect your testosterone levels in male or females? No, it, it does not. I actually, I just shot a video about that, how it would affect uh, testosterone and cortisol. And it basically at, at the end of the day, it may elevate it slightly, but it kind of all balances it out. But long-term, it's not going to affect uh, testosterone or cortisol um, or anything like that. Gotcha. So if I'm, I get the question a lot about, um, you know, what is, I guess, an amount in a serving. So we answered that, but like, if, you know, you have 
a younger high school athlete and they're going to look at maybe some of these energy drinks and they have to turn on the label. What are some red flags that maybe they would see to say, this is probably not a good option. Gosh. Well, I mean, first of all, like, especially if it's a teenage kid, like I tend to steer them away from energy drinks in general and, and pre-workouts and most supplements for, uh, for that matter. And just as a side note, I mean, if you're a, a teenager or a young athlete, you just honestly, the most important things you can focus on are good nutrition, sleep, and hydration, those will get you 99% of where you need to be to perform at an optimal level. These supplements you add in are, you know, just, just that, to maybe give you that little extra edge, but it's not necessary. But anyways, to get back to your question, uh, the red flags, you're looking at energy drinks. Obviously, if I'm looking over at anything with like 300 milligrams of caffeine, like no kid needs to be drinking that much caffeine. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and some of these kids, right, they'll drink two, three, four cans a day. It's, it's not uncommon, which yeah. is not great. But the real problem you get into is, you know, not, some, but not all energy drinks will have other added stimulants in there. Like you might see things like Guarana or like Yohimbi. I mean, that's a pretty rare example, but you add in all these other stimulants, B vitamins, taurine, which is, nothing is inherently wrong with them except those added stimulants. But it's always hard to know like what the synergy between all those are going to be like. So if you combine caffeine with another stimulant, I mean, that just may send you over the top. And again, there's not a lot of cases of kids dying from drinking energy drinks, but on the same token too, like, so there's no reason why a young teenager or athlete needs to be slamming, you know, the equivalent of a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. I mean, you think about that, they're probably wired going to bed and then you don't sleep and then just, <laughs> yeah. the dominoes start start to fall, right? Um, yeah, so that's obviously the problem we see is with the organized sports, you know, they have these late night practices or their practices are long after school and they got homework to do, you know, so then, you know, you're looking at them trying to cram in some time for rehab and coming into the clinic or, you know, if they're working, you know, sports performance, that later stage with Joe and they need a, you know, they're performing at a higher level and they're tired and they're dragging and they're saying, what can I do to, to pick me up here? You know, what, you know, what are some safe <clears> options there if they had to really do that? Cause that's really the boat. A lot of these kids are in, they're not getting the sleep and, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. And like the, the worst thing you can do, like if you're going into an evening workout or something like that, anything after like, I don't know, I usually tend to like say caffeine, for example, I usually tend to avoid caffeine anytime after like uh, lunchtime, like around noon. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, the most important thing they could probably do again, you get your sleep, but leading up to your workout, let's just say you have a four thirty workout, one of those weird ones where you, you know, it's after lunch or you're not having dinner yet. I mean, the most beneficial thing for them to do is eat a carbohydrate, you know, 30 to 60 minutes before they go into their training session. And that's going to give them, uh, you know, a good energy boost and give their muscles what they need. And if it's an extended workout, you can, you know, provide additional supplemental carbohydrates in the form of a sports drink, um, things that digest easy, like bananas or fruits or, or fruit juices and things like that. Um, supplement wise, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like, performance wise for a kind of like pick me up before an evening workout, you could look at things like beetroot juice is a good one. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting, 
but a beetroot juice would be a, a great one to take. Uh, um, you could take things uh, like nootropics, like a alpha GPC or a choline to kind of give you that focus factor. So with those two things, those will provide a performance benefit, but they don't act like a stimulant like caffeine does. Okay. So speaking of that, since we're on this, um, you know, if we talk about pre-workout, because we know the Enduro Elite line had that they have a, uh, a Perform Elite with caffeine and then one without caffeine. So you still get the stimulation like we talked about um, with the beet juice extract. There's another brand out there that has beet juice extract that's basically ground up beetroot powder and it's flavored. You take that. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between maybe that caffeine stimulant versus maybe like just a vasodilator, you know, with like the uh, ingredients with that niacin beta alanine you know yeah yeah so yeah they operate by different mechanisms so just to go a little bit geeky on you here caffeine works by blocking adenosine from binding onto the adenosine receptor so when you ingest caffeine that caffeine binds onto the adenosine receptor which kind of gives you that kind of energy boost or kind of wakes you up in the morning on the other hand, when adenosine binds to its receptor, that's kind of when you get sleepy or groggy or you start to get fatigued. So that's the mechanism that most people think caffeine works by. Now, with beetroot juice, you're absolutely right. It's basically a nitrate, which causes vasodilation. And with beetroot juice, um, it basically lowers the oxygen cost of exercise or makes harder exercise feel easier. And now, now you got me thinking about some other good stuff here, but you know, with in conjunction with the beetroot juice, uh, I don't know how I overlooked this, like what the kids could do, which I feel totally safe recommending is, you know, just every day take creatine monohydrate and take some beta alanine. And then you really never have to worry about like going into a workout, like slugging a, you know, an energy drink or a, a pre-workout if that's not your jam. And I mean, with creatine, obviously one of the most research and effective supplements out there. Beta alanine, not on the same level as creatine, but um, still some pretty strong evidence for it working. Um, and along the lines of how that works, basically creatine, when you ingest it, it's stored in the muscle as creatine phosphate. And then when you're working out, you're obviously using ATP or energy. So the creatine phosphate donates a phosphate group to ADP to reform ATP more rapidly. So you can, you know, sprint for longer, maybe push out a few more reps, which can be, you know, extremely beneficial for whatever you're looking to do, strength, power, endurance, whatever. And then with uh, beta alanine, uh, basically with that, that's a uh, muscle acidity buffer. You take beta alanine, that's converted into muscle carnosine. And then when you start exercising and, and more intensely, uh, muscle acidosis occurs and then the beta alanine kind of helps acts as a buffer, uh, to that. So, so can... do they need to be taken together? Creatine and beta alanine? Yes. They don't have to be taken together. I mean, you most okay, certainly so one can. doesn't, have to, one doesn't like, isn't the catalyst to the other. Correct. Yeah. They both work on, uh, separate mechanisms with how they provide kind of that ergogenic or sports enhancing benefit. Gotcha. Now, but, with, the, yeah. with, with the creatine, you said the monohydrate. Now, I, I've taken that before in the powder form, and I, mm -hmm. get, I get really bloated. I get really loose stool. So sorry, everybody. Um, but we're, you know, we're, 
we're being transparent here. <laughs> and then I and then I went to a capsule, and I don't have the same issue. However, Mike, don't laugh. Um, I'm sitting at about 190, and I can't seem to lose any weight. Does 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 the creatine? So this is like a two part question here. Is it still effective as a capsule? And could it be the reason why I'm holding on to the weight still? Yeah, it can be effective in a capsule. It's, it's I mean, in a very, very, very small percent of the population with like the bloating and GI distress. I mean, that does happen, but more likely you just had sawdust in your product because somebody is trying to cheap out on your creatine. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What product did you get there, Joe? Huh? Uh, stuff? You know, I, I, I don't, I cannot remember. Off the top of my head, uh, what the name of the, the brand was, the powder. Oh, that's form, not but, good. But that's the, not good. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're taking a tip here from Joe Haas. Make sure you know what you're ordering. Well, I actually, maybe I do, and I don't want to throw the company under the bus. It was just right, it's like some shady dude, like in a, in a cart on the side of the street of Florida. Yeah, actually, it was. It was, it was, a, it was a white truck. It was a white Is he on the intersection at like a crosslight, you know, creatine $5, yeah. you know? It was, it was definitely a white van, I can tell you that. Yep. Oh, yep. man. Uh, but yep. yeah, to answer your second part, like when, yeah, when you ingest creatine monohydrate, one of the side effects, if, if you can call that, some people like it, some point people don't, is you can expect to gain oh anywhere from like one to three kilograms of water weight just because with when the creatine phosphate goes into the muscle cell it also attracts water in with it and that's why you're seeing the weight gain with it which i mean it's like i said it depends what you're looking to do i mean it can actually act as an osmolite so it keeps you kind of hyper hydrated i guess in a sense if you're like exercising a hot and humid environment um but if you would want to avoid say kind of that water weight gain with creatine while still getting benefits from it, you could look at doing anywhere from like 2.5 to three grams daily instead of the typical recommended five gram dose daily. And you'll get gotcha. the benefits of the creatine to some extent without that, that water weight gain. Now there's so many benefits creatine, just in the pair everything, right? So for the, neurocognitive end the neuroplasticity with the benefits of creatine yeah yeah i mean obviously most of the research has been done on like muscle performance and sports performance um i think it's it's still in its infancy as far as like what i'm most familiar with is like creatine consumption after like uh like a concussion and things like that and i know i'm not up to date on the research on that but there is kind of a field emerging from that because creatine is stored in skeletal muscle, but to also to a certain extent, it's stored in the brain. Um, so I'd like to give you a really solid answer on that, but I'm just going to say like at this point, based on the evidence I've seen, which is not all of it. So, you know, I may be wrong here. Um, it looks promising, but I think I would probably want to see more research on creatine and like brain health or being like a neuroprotective agent. Okay. Yeah, that was something I heard them trying to discuss. They were talking about that in another podcast. Um, I guess the ethics behind researching that you'd have to find, you know, the uh, amount, amount, the amount of concussions, and then get them at the right time, and then at what stage are they in, and the severity. And then how do you, you know, you get the testing done on that, and then like you know the, all the. I mean, Matt, you probably know more doing studies, all the paperwork that goes behind that, and 
all the stuff and trying to get consistency and, you know, so again, severity of the concussion style. And then, you know, how do you study that? So, um, yeah, it's very interesting, but, uh, it looks like we made our segue into creatine, which was going to be a topic we wanted to cover because I'm looking again at the amount of volume that a lot of these, um, youth and adolescence, uh, sports programs put on these kids and even the high school college level, you know, and now we're getting more information where, you know, at one point, maybe not even 20 years ago, people thought creatine was like a steroid, you know, now we have more of an understanding about it. So would it be safe to say that creatine is almost like something that maybe if you are engaging in, in, you know, these sports at this level, something to take, and then would there be any indication that you maybe, is this something you'd have to clear with a primary care physician first and make sure that there's, would there be any like yellow flags or something that maybe, you know, you wouldn't want to take this or something like before we would say, yeah, you should take creatine. Would there be some things maybe you want to clear out with your doc or whatever? Like, would this be something safe moving forward for almost a lot of these kids to be taking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, again, anyone under the age of 18, I would always, any supplement you take, I know it's probably not practical, but I would always clear it with my primary care physician. And and, and then a lot of times they don't know either. So it makes it really tough, right? Doctors are not yeah. trained in sports nutrition, unfortunately. And that's, that's no fault to them. I mean, they got other stuff they're going to study. What I can say with pretty good confidence, though, is like 99.9% of the population is not going to have any adverse side effects uh, from creatine. I mean, creatine hands down with caffeine is one of the most studied supplements. I mean, thousands of safety studies exist on creatine. Now there are some rare cases where people have had a pre-existing condition and, you know, it's been blamed on creatine, but you know, that's always, you know, hard to figure out too, what else was going on there. But 99, 99.9% of the population can take creatine without having to worry about based on all the evidence that has uh, accumulated on it. Um, any yellow flags with creatine? I mean, nothing that I can think of. The one thing I would recommend with creatine is, I mean, you have a ton of different creatines out there. You have obviously creatine monohydrate, you have creatine hydrochloride, you have creatine ethyl ester, you have buffered creatine, you have all these different creatines. If I could like just say like, to like teenage athletes out there or, or anybody else that participates in sports that to want to boost, just stick with the regular creatine monohydrates, three to five grams daily. You don't have to do the old loading phase if you don't want to. And then within 28 to 30 days, your uh, muscle creatine stores will be pretty saturated and you should be, you know, see some of those benefits that go along with creatine. Uh, well, a lot of people think though too, which is a mistake is they like, think they can be doing nothing, you know, like drinking Mountain Dew and Cheetos on a couch surf and they can take creatine and they're going to be like a superhuman. No, 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 no. That's not, 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 that's not, that's not the way it's going to work. You know, if you should be training and then again, it's, it's not a magic bullet. It may help you like, again, push out a few more extra reps to realize some nice grains and like strength and hypertrophy may help you sprint a little faster, may give you a little bit of endurance, but all that's not going to happen if you know, you're going from nothing to start with. Right. Now, it's obviously best to be using this and, you know, keeping up a natural diet, too. You know, you don't want to just be drinking, you know, creatine and, you know, whatever, anything else. You want to make sure you're getting your food groups. But is there anything where it was very beneficial? It's almost like something you'd almost take every day moving forward. But would there be a time where you would, like, stop taking it and maybe see something happen? Would there be any reactions there? I know some people used to think, oh, well, you know, your body will stop producing natural amounts or being receptive to natural amounts, stuff like that. 
Nope, nope. I mean, creatine consumption in supplemental form will not affect endogenous creatine production by the pancreas, liver, and kidneys. I mean, it just, it just doesn't based on all the evidence out there. And like, just for reference too, like the body doesn't really produce enough to provide an ergogenic effect. I mean, you'd have to be going to like a Brazilian steakhouse every night, eating 20 pounds of meat to get five grams of creatine daily, which I mean, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Great. But you're much better just getting say, I'm in. <laughs> meat on a stick how much do you yeah, want yeah. sir five yeah. five pounds yeah. just leave the stick we went um, we went there for we went to one on new year's eve it was amazing it was the best money i've ever spent nice yeah, yeah you can't, you can't come by and slice it right off yep thank you very much come back around and there, it's like have, it's like a hornet's nest because the minute you flip over your thing to say that you want me they're all yeah. over the place yeah. you know it's yeah it's Anyway, you said oh, Brazilian yeah, steakhouse, so I started thinking food. Your ears perked up then. I, yeah, I just have them like, I open my mouth and have them come by and just shave it off right directly. I don't want to have to hit my fork. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, but yeah, it won't affect endogenous creatine production. Take it every day. You don't need to cycle it. Uh, I mean, what else is a side random note? I mean, extremely beneficial for vegetarians and vegans since, you know, they're uh, not consuming meat or whatnot. I mean, that's right. Like if you're a vegetarian athlete or a vegan athlete, like adding creatine to your, whatever your daily supplements, I mean, you'll see a pretty significant boost in, in performance. That's awesome. All right. Well, speaking of stuff taken daily, next question would be, a multivitamin. So, um, especially considering some of these athletes and the amount that they're doing, uh, and we mm-hmm. know a lot of them are not, they don't have their diets dialed in, you know, a hundred percent, whether they're working on it or they're not doing it, you know, could a multivitamin be beneficial just to almost kind of cover bases and then like, would, what would you look for in a multivitamin and then something to look at if, you, if they were shopping and they were looking at something, would there be certain things you'd be like, this is not what I want to be taking. Right. I mean, vitamin and mineral deficiencies are somewhat common in athletes. I mean, if you have the perfect diet where you're eating plenty of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, you know, meat, eggs, whatever, there's probably very few things you're missing from a nutrient standpoint, but you know, being the people we are and we're busy, I mean, you know, we're not always eating the most like nutrient dense foods or like eating, you know, your recommended serving of fruits and veggies daily. Uh, so like for reference, like the most common vitamin and mineral deficiency in athletes, let me see, there'd be like vitamin D iron B vitamins calcium, magnesium, iodine. That's a lot. Vitamin E. Yeah. Yeah. This is, there's actually some cool research out wow. there on this. Um, uh, what else? Folate, zinc, and potassium. And, I mean, there's varying degrees of deficiency, right? You want to try to meet these deficiencies through diet alone if you can, but not, you can't do that, like I said. And that's when like a multivitamin would come in. So with a good multivitamin, I would obviously look at those ingredients, um, especially the magnesium, like magnesium, I believe close to like 50% of the population is deficient in magnesium. 
And then with the other ones, there's varying levels of deficiencies. And then another big one that a lot of people don't see in their multivitamin is, is choline, uh, which a good source of that would be eggs. And I think over 90% of the population is deficient in choline, which is important for brain health, uh, kind of the mind muscle connection too. But as long as you're getting a multivitamin that has, you know, 80 to hundred percent and sometimes beyond the recommended daily value, you're, you're pretty solid. I mean, there's so many out there. I don't have a problem with like natural versus synthetic vitamins. I mean, they're all one and the same and it just depends how your body reacts to it. You'll have like chelated minerals versus synthetic versus natural and whatnot, but you just got to find one that works good for you. That kind of covers your basis. And then again, with the emphasis, really looking at, you know, magnesium for men having about 400 milligrams total daily. So depending on what you're eating, like magnesium, you know, you get from meats, dark leafy vegetables, legumes, nuts, and seeds, and then just supplementing with a multivitamin with magnesium, probably in that go with like a 250 to 300 milligram range for that. And then so with, it can't uh, hurt to basically take a multivitamin daily, especially for a lot of these these young athletes that are doing a lot. I mean, just to get one that is obviously from a trusted source uh, and just take I, it, like it can't do any harm, right? And no, uh, I mean, very rarely will you see like gray area ingredients in a multivitamin. You'll just see like, yeah, just the typical vitamins you're used to seeing. And again, just looking for those kind of little, little extra things like, again, the magnesium, choline, maybe iodine would be a good one to get in there too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been, I've been on this biohack with, um, with my buddy, Gary Brecker. And so these B vitamins or even like what we're taking in a multivitamin, you're saying, you know, just make sure it's a reputable source. But from my understanding, the the B vitamin has to be a methylcobalamine instead of what a lot of these these um, vitamins have with this with this cyocobalamine. Cy- I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, um, but the you know, um, do you know anything about that, Matt? Like, what, what I, is? I gotta, oh man, I I can't say I'm familiar with this. Is he making the point by having these forms that are more bioavailable, that are more readily absorbed? Yeah. So they're saying, well, they're saying that the one source is, unless it's a a methylated source or form then basically what we're taking is almost like a form of like cyanide. So, I mean, the, the- I, that sounds, I think I'm familiar with Gary Brecka. I remind me, remind me who he is again. I'm not going to. He's a, uh, he's a bio a biologist, uh, a human biologist that worked in the insurance industry in the uh, morbidity space where he was reading basically uh, medical records and he could determine whether uh, someone you know, was going to die within a certain amount of months based off of, you know, the, 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 the symptoms and the, and the system that they were in. Uh, he's now very uh, famous for getting Dana White's diet back on tr- or, or getting oh, his health back on track. Man. Okay. Yeah. I, I know who you're talking about. Um, I, if your buddy's with them, that's great. I don't want to say anything, but like, I mean, did he use a lot of evidence to back up the statement? Because this is the guy I remember now. He was trying to sell a magic wand that restructured water. And when anybody tries to do that, like, it makes me 
really uh, suspicious of them. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the hydrogen water. Yeah, I, I mean a magic spoon that restructures water. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna keep my mouth shut on this one because I don't know the guy, but I would take that information with a grain of salt. What you're referring to as B vitamins, unless there's strong evidence with it, which I'm not familiar with. And again, it may exist, but I I kind of doubt it. And so then, what is your uh, what is your take on folic acid? Four. Four. For uh, it being in, you know, um, supplemented. Oh, I mean, as far as like, if you're deficient or if you need to supplement with it. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm going back from what I'm hearing. You know, I'm not a scientist, so these th this is what I I feel as though. But like we talked off air, there's so much information out there. It's like, you know, is is this person, you know. Uh, right or wrong or based off of this evidence or not but according to and again if i'm if i'm i'm paraphrasing it folic acid is is not something that is that is made in the human body that's actually that's a synth a synthetic yeah, form and so our bodies cannot break that down and so folate is something that we can be taking, but folic acid should not be something that we're consuming. Again, I, you know, I'm not familiar with any research and again, it may exist. I just not my area of expertise here. Okay. That's, you know, the synthetic form of folate or the folic acid is any better, any worse than folate itself. Like I really don't know. Um, I wish I had a good answer for you, but I'm not going to pretend like I know something when I don't. Yeah, and and you know, it, it, I wasn't even going to ask that because I had I had it on the back of my head. But then when Mike started talking about the multivitamin, and then when you're saying like you can take any kind, just make sure it's a reputable brand. But also, yes, I am taking that, but I'm making sure that the the B six B twelve that I'm taking, the B complex that I'm taking, is a uh, methylcobalamin form, so that my body is able to break it down better. Yeah, I mean that's something, right? Yeah, and like I said, I I don't know. That was something I would I would really look into, and I'm actually going to do that after I get done with this, and then also encourage you to do the same. I mean, it's like we were talking about. You can go to Instagram and trust anybody, but until you kind of reach research it and look at the evidence, you know, I it's hard to say. Yep. All right. Cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good question because what Joe's asking, we we get a lot of this type of stuff. You know, I do have especially some of. Uh, athletes that are more closer to college level and they listen to a lot of podcasts, they hear people talk and they ask about these things. And sometimes it might be something I'm not even familiar with, or maybe there is an answer, but you know, someone yeah. like yourself, Matt, who's done research and dives deep into this, you know, like you could give a better perspective on if you heard that or seen anything. So there's a lot of information out there, but again, that's the purpose of this podcast. We're trying to get as much correct information out and stuff that we don't have answers on. We don't have answers on, but you know, people could be doing something and, you know, they're not so sure or they heard something um, or even again, some of these athletes come in and they're doing things and they're, they're doing it wrong, you know, so that could be definitely yeah. towards their, what's happening and we need to know that. So, um, yeah, that's why we're yeah. doing this. No, I agree. And like, <clears throat> I, th I mean, I think a lot of people out there and not just this Brecca guy, like they pretend to know things when they don't know it. And like, I'm not too proud to say like, Hey, I, I don't know. Like, 
I don't know everything about every supplement. I know a lot about supplements for the general, more than probably the general population, but I don't know everything. And, you know, I'm okay with that. That gives me something new to learn and then to provide good information. Um, but yeah, I'm just not going to go out, you know, on a limb and just make stuff up just to sound smarter or trying to convince somebody to, you know, take a certain supplement or, or whatever. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, that, I that, so. that, that, that makes sense. I like that. Um, I guess what was the other one we had, Mike, was uh, on protein, right? Whey protein. Yeah, well, before we just jump to that, that real quick, oh, okay. we just um, wanted to just wrap a little bit more with the magnesium. Um, oh, right. You right. know, I, I had been, you know, suggesting to some of the athletes to maybe take that um, at night to help a recovery. But can we just touch a little, little up more on the magnesium about what type should we be taking and like when? Because um, I know yeah. there's some couple different types. Yeah. So magnesium, a really, a really awesome mineral. Again, most people are deficient in it. So, I mean, it does a ton of, a ton of stuff in the body. It's required for ATP production, glucose metabolism, protein synthesis, uh, cardiovascular health, nerve health, bone health. Uh, and I mean, it serves as like a, a cofactor in over 300 en enzyme reactions in the body. So extremely important mineral. Um, but as far as the type and when to take it, so you have a lot of different variations of magnesium. You have citrate, lactate, gluconate, oxide, and probably like 10 other ones. In terms of the evidence, in terms of like what's the most bioavailable, that seems to point more towards the magnesium citrate. Um, which is what I usually go with. Now you could try the lactate and gluconate too. Um, I don't think there's an issue with that. You just got to watch out for like the magnesium oxide as uh, the bioavailability is a little poor and then cause some of those side effects of magnesiums like explosive diarrhea, which a lot of people don't like. So, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it also, if you start taking magnesium as your system, um, it can cause some GI upset at first and then, um, it'll level out. Is that true? It's, it's possible. Like some people will experience that. Some people won't. I think the people that, maybe experienced are probably taking that magnesium oxide and maybe taking a big dose uh, all at once, which you can do it. It'll affect some people, some people it won't, but you could like, I would shoot like for men or athletes, teenage athletes, I would shoot around for that 400 milligrams a day. And then for female athletes, probably 350 milligrams, you know, timing doesn't matter too much. You can take it whenever, but some people find it beneficial to take it before bed about 30 minutes before bed and it kind of help with relaxation and whatnot. Um, so it's all a matter of personal preference, honestly. I just, I just think the most important is that you're getting the right amount and you're taking a good form of it that, you know, will be as bioavailable as possible. Can you take too much of it? I mean, you could, you probably poop your brains out, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know. There you go. Yeah, that's how you know, right? Uh, but yeah, as for as far as toxicity, I mean, I think it's some like ungodly amount uh, that you would have to take. I mean, you literally have to. I don't even know how much you'd have to take, but it's it's quite a lot. Where okay. you know, no human being could. <laughs> I mean, they could, but it would be very hard to consume the amount to have any like toxic side effects. I take one in the morning. And then I take one in the evening before bed. Um, I use the bioptimizers, uh, magnesium, 
has all the different forms of the magnesium in there. Uh, I believe it's 400 milligrams per capsule, right, Mike? Yeah, that's usually what that is. Um, I know the NutriBio, it's a black bi-glycinate. Does that sound familiar, Matt? I think that's what it is on there. And um, yep. I think you take them as about 400 milligrams, yeah. And it says that, so, just to take it usually in the evening. Yeah, so I'm at about 800 milligrams a day, um, but I've been actually trying to use it to, to see if it can help um, with the just kind of relaxing the uh, the ringing that I still have in my ears. So it seems to, I mean, I'm, I'm trying so many things at once. I don't know. Something's going to work and I'm not going to know what the heck it was because it's well, just, I've been on, I've been on an 18 month mission here, Matt, to try to try to get this thing solved. And I know that you know, I may not be able to get rid of it completely, but again, we're getting, we're turning this into a personal podcast, but it is the coach house podcast. So I, I need to, <laughs> so selfishly, I'm trying to learn things for myself, obviously, too. Um, but yeah, again, absolutely. I've just started to supplement with that uh, twice a day. Uh, so that's why I asked if, if, if you know, taking it too much. But well, I haven't look, gotten to – I haven't been shitting my pants, so I'm good. Well, well that's good. You can't an athlete to do something if you haven't tried it, at least yourself, or have an understanding of it. You know, I would right. never tell any of these kids to do something that I haven't at least – dived into or learned about or even yep. do it done myself absolutely just, Mike. i don't know it was exercise yep. nutrition anything so yep. Yep. yeah yeah like, get... exercises yeah, they, you know like they they have to i i have to experience it first before they would yeah. ever do anything like that so i'm sorry mac yeah. no that's okay i mean magnesium is one of those ones that's kind of a no-brainer like most people probably need it it's not going to cause any harmful side effects unless like you eat it you know, consume a ton of it and you poop your pants, but it's very, very low risk, very high reward type of supplement that hardly anybody should worry about taking. We're really starting to sum up here that there's a lot of these little hacks that people could be doing to kind of optimize their lifestyle. And we're just not, when you really look at the condition of the average health of the American, barring, you know, there's a lot of other factors there, but there's some things that we could just be simply adding because we have more information on it to just like, help again optimize our, our performance and our health overall and it looks like there's a couple small things here that could be added in that could really kind of help people a lot and it's just being missed because maybe people don't know or they don't think about it you know yeah i mean that's very true and a lot of people they i mean they make it very complicated with sports performance or general health and a, a lot of times like Again, I'm just going to sound like a broken record, but as an athlete, just focus on what you can do, like eat good, sleep good, train smart, get recovery, you know, maybe add creatine, beta alanine. I mean, you don't have to do the caffeine if you don't want these things yeah. that have good research behind them and good evidence, which I mean, there's very few supplements that have great evidence behind them. I mean, some there's a handful, but I mean, do those things and then you can experiment with things, but I don't think people should ever feel the the need to do it because a lot of times they just end up disappointed because they think it's a magic bullet and doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work for them. I mean, fat burners right. are a perfect example. Like, yeah, caffeine and the fat burner will maybe burn like a hundred calories a day, but you're not going to lose, you know, 20 pounds of fat in a month by taking you know, caffeine every day and things like that. So it's just, you know, with diet, just eat everything in moderation. I mean, it's, it's not hard. Get exercise. Right. It's not hard. Sleep good. Don't do stupid things that don't make you sleep, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, like I said, you're, then you're, you're, you're 99.9% of the way there in terms of like optimizing your health and performance. Like it's, yeah. it's so stupidly simple, but yeah. 
I don't know. People are just, and, and myself included at certain point in time, so I'm not innocent of it. I think there's like a magic bowl that's going to help me run faster and it doesn't. And I'm disappointed. And then I just be like, oh yeah, hey, dumb, dumb, just do what you know how to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's also a great segue into the, you know, we got a couple more things you want to just cover here real quick is uh, the whey protein. You know, we get a lot of questions on that, you know, and people think, oh, if I drink like six whey protein shakes a, get, a, a day, I'm going to get big and huge and strong mm -hmm. and you know, uh, whey proteins, the keys, the whey protein shakes, whey protein, you know? Uh, so we just dive in real quick about the whey protein. Yeah. Do you want to talk about types or daily requirements or how much they should yeah, be so, eating? You know, you, yeah. You have like a young athlete and they want to get a, a whey protein. What should they look at? You know, what are some red flags? <laughs> you know, they open up the, the canister. What should it like look like also, you know, they know they got, again, some sawdust crap that was mixed up with someone's bathtub. <laughs> you know, right. A hot, a hot female or, you know, model on the side, you know, and like just the, you know, I mean, that's how I buy business. mine. I buy mine by how, <laughs> what, how attractive the person is on front. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, basically, I mean, the whole scheme of like the protein powders, I mean, you have, a whey protein concentrates, a whey protein isolate, you have protein hydrosylates, and then you have your various like plant proteins and whatnot. So there's, there's, and with those first three, the milk-based proteins, the hydrosylate, the isolate, and the concentrate, it's all based on like the purity of the protein or how much lactose and fat and carbohydrate they filter out of the milk before they turn it into a protein. So a good whey concentrate will be 80% protein by volume. A good whey isolate will be over 90% protein by volume. And then um, a whey hydrosylate is just basically a, a it's a pre-digest, not a pre-digested, but a pre-broken down protein that's easier to digest and absorb. Mm. Now, as an athlete, if you're not vegan, we can talk about vegan proteins or vegetarian proteins or plant proteins in a second. As an athlete, I would focus on your whey concentrates and whey isolates. Now, this is this is where it gets really tricky. Like a whey isolate has to be over 90% protein or right at that, which if you go to the store and that's all you see, that's great. I mean, you know you have a good protein. The thing with the whey concentrate where it gets tricky is a lot of scumbag supplement companies have different variations of a whey concentrate. So a whey concentrate can be anywhere from roughly 20% pure protein to 80% protein. So you can see what's going to happen. A company is going to try to save some bucks and use a 20% protein instead of an 80% mm -hmm. protein to give you a basically a crappy protein. Yep. Um, so that's something you really want to be cognizant about. As for an athlete, for like from a cost perspective, and if you don't have any problems with like lactose or lactose intolerance, a good whey concentrate is is perfect. You just want to make sure it's that highest quality. And you can you can find them out there. A lot of times it'll state on the label that it's a certain percent protein, but by volume or whatnot, but sometimes it don't. So that's the first thing you want to make sure is make sure it's like around that 80% pure protein. Now, a huge red flag on a protein would be if they include other amino acids and like the other ingredient sections and not in the supplement facts panel. So if you see like ingredients, like cheap amino acids, like glycine and taurine and some of these other cheaper amino acids within the other ingredient profile, more than likely these companies are doing what you call protein spiking or amino spiking because uh, 
protein quality is tested on nitrogen content. So with these cheap amino acids, when they go to test the protein that shows a higher nitrogen content, and they put that as added protein on the label um, to make it look like it has a higher protein content. So it may say, you know, 25 grams of protein on the label, but you know, 15, you know, or more of those grams could be from the inflated, you know, false values from the amino spiking. Interesting. Look at that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So that's where you really got to be careful. If you want to do like just constantly like, you know, hoodwinking a consumer. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it happens all the time. Yeah. Even outside of protein with other supplements. I mean, that's a whole different story I could, you know, go on about. But um, yeah, with proteins, it's like if you want to be absolutely sure and take the guesswork out of it, just get get a good whey isolate, and that way you're assured you're getting a really good pure whey protein. So How about a plant plant based say, like yeah, Mike, plant based? Joe, okay, sorry. yeah. So plant based proteins, like I I don't have anything. I have no objections to a plant based protein. I have no objections like that. That's the lifestyle you live, being a vegetarian. That's great. The thing is, though, with a plant-based protein, the essential amino acids are still all there, but they're not in the same quantity as in like a milk-based protein, specifically related to the branched-chain amino acids and leucine in particular, which is basically the catalyst for muscle protein synthesis or how muscles start that process of repair and recovery. So, for example, like with a good quality whey isolate per 25 grams, of protein, you're going to notice probably about 2.5 to 3 grams uh, will be from leucine, which is what you want. That's kind of the threshold or what it takes to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. Where with a plant protein, you know, 25 grams of a clear, pure plant protein might only have anywhere from one to two grams of leucine. So <clears throat> kind of the whole point with this is if you get a plant protein you want to make sure the overall protein content is higher, probably around like 30 to 35 grams per scoop, or you can add supplemental leucine to your protein powder. Mm. And that way you have all the necessary ingredients for lack of a better word to kind of trigger muscle protein synthesis and promote muscle repair and recovery. So again, being selfish here on the podcast today, um, I take a I take a plant based one because sometimes mm -hmm. the the uh, the other ones have again bothered my stomach bloating gas so on, uh, but I also then add collagen peptides mm -hmm. with the amino acids. So I, is that kind of then helping me achieve the amino acids that I'm supposed to be getting? Possibly, like the collagen in itself really isn't going to do much for like muscle growth and recovery. It's more like kind of joint joint health and whatnot. Right. And then, um, but yeah, I mean, collagen, as long as you're getting, do you know, is it a hydrolyzed? uh, geez, I'm, I'm, what type of collagen is it? I guess I'm asking. It is the, uh, collagen peptides. Um, oh God, I'm drawing a blank on the, on, on the brand. I can see the label. Uh, I want to say vital, but it's not vital. Vital. But, but some, something like that. Or, or bubs. I'm sorry. Bubs natural. Um, Okay. I would just check the amount of hydrolyzed, hydrolyzed. There we go. That's the word. I'm hydrolyzed. For, hydrolyzed collagen in it, and that should be around, if if memory serves me right, around ten grams of hydrolyzed collagen 
okay. for benefit and maybe a little bit different with the peptides. I'm not hundred percent sure there, but I mean, it, it doesn't hurt anything. Like I actually like collagen. And then with the other amino acids, it, it really depends what those amino acids are and how much of it is in the, the, uh, you're adding into your plant protein. Gotcha. But Chris, yeah, um, in turn, I was just going to say, you're talking about this, uh, verifying, uh, maybe you can touch on this after you make this statement. I was just going to ask, like, is there a place that people can go to verify when they're looking at supplements and stuff, what's legit and what's not? Yeah, there's, there's a few, there's, there's not many that can, there's not many companies that third party test their products to show to the consumer. Um, there are some like Nutribio is awesome, but they post all their test results right on their website. So you can grab your bottle, you can type the the lot number on the bottom and it will show you like all the testing and what's in there is actually in there. And there may be other companies that are doing it now too, but that, that definitely does exist. So if it says um, it's third party tested, that's a definite go. Yeah. It depends <laughs> what that, it, it depends what that third party tests for, honestly. Like if they test for banned substances, I mean, it's good, mm -hmm. but are they, are they, I, I guess I would question and maybe they do. Are you testing for protein quality and quantity too, or other okay. stuff that's in there? So you kind of want a comprehensive testing on all the different things. So protein content, are there any heavy metals in there? Is there anything in there that shouldn't be? So it'd have to be pretty comprehensive. And I know there's probably third party testing services that do that. But I know, like, again, with Nutribio, they have all that. that kind of covers okay. the whole gamut. And that um, is a brand that I, you know, I personally use, but I also recommend to a lot of the athletes. You know, I get some good good results and feedback, so. Yeah, they're they're really transparent about everything they do, which I, I really appreciate. You know exactly what you're taking, how much. Mm -hmm. I mean, even down to, like, the, the sweeteners that are used. And that's, that's pretty cool in my book when a lot of people – you know, try to hide what they're putting in there, maybe to save a buck or not give you everything you need in the efficacious dose. Um, but along the line with protein, you know, these kids that are drinking like six protein shakes a day, just, just <laughs> stop doing that. Don't do it. Um, best time to take your protein shakes. I mean, take one, like 30 minutes before you lift weights to kind of heighten muscle protein synthesis and then maybe have another one as a snack with a small carbohydrate in the afternoon mm. or like have a case and protein at night before you get to kind of have that trickle feed effect. But other than that, like get your protein from, you know, your diet and focus on getting, you know, 25 to 30 grams at each meal and then supplement with protein like a couple times a day. If you need to, maybe you can get it all through your diet and that's, that's perfect. And then, yeah, you should be. Would you recommend them to do that in the morning? Would that be like consuming 25 to 35 grams of protein in the morning? Would that be the best thing to do? I mean, they're going to school. I mean, I, I would say probably get some fats in there too, right? If you're going to school, <clears throat> you got to get the brain functioning also. So would a combination yeah. of, of protein and, and high fats be good? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the pro, like I said, with the protein, it really depends when stuff is happening. Like if I'm going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning, I'm going to have a small carbohydrate and I'm going to have a protein, like probably a protein shake before I go, just because I know the carbohydrate will give me energy and the protein will start the process of muscle protein synthesis. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a kid going to school, yeah, absolutely. For breakfast. Like I would rather see you eat like, you know, three eggs, you know, a couple sausages and avocado and some toast before you go to school. 
So you kind of have that whole, you know, macronutrients, uh, calories in you, I guess. Right. And then save the other stuff for later. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Um, I think, uh... to think what else protein, I mean, athletes in general, I mean, if you get any, depending on what your sport is, 1.2 to two grams per kilogram body weight daily timing doesn't really matter too much. I mean, if you're doing that, you're getting more than enough protein in a day between diet and supplemental protein. Awesome. Mike, you got anything else? I mean, that, the last thing is just touch on real quick is just, um, you know, sports drinks uh, and electrolytes, you know, what do electrolytes actually do? Um, you know, and then people think, you know, if they're dehydrated, does that cause cramping? Or I was like, Oh, I just got to drink more. You know, um, I know we have covered some stuff on cramping and, and, uh, relation to, is it true with, uh, from de dehydration, um but yeah and also there's about sports drinks what are we looking at for there that's another question we get a lot all right let's let's talk about sports drink in general and then we can go into the electrolytes <clears throat> so what what's the what's the most common questions you get like about sports drinks like they just say what's a good sports drink to get and then like what should you know what should or, they or you for? see them drinking it you know it's, it's yeah, the body armor it. or the gatorade or you know like Something that they think looks good, you know, Celsius. Yeah, a lot of them get it because it looks cool or it's, <laughs> you know, it's popular. <laughs> they don't really know what they're drinking or it tastes good, you know, so uh, let's clear it up here. <laughs> right. Well, gosh, I mean, what really determines if you should be drinking a sports drink during exercise really comes down to or intensity and duration. Like, so if – you're an athlete, like a runner, and you're just going to go out for an easy hour run. You really don't need a sports drink to replenish blood glucose. You probably have enough stored muscle glycogen to get you through the workout and be fine. Now, if you go over that hour, yeah, you're probably going to want to do some supplemental carbohydrates. So let's, let's talk about endurance, and then we'll talk about strength. You know, you go that one to two hour mark, you probably can do like 30 grams of carbohydrate from a sports drink per hour, three to four, you'd want to go over 60 grams, then anything beyond that, you could go up to 90 grams of carbs per hour via sports drink. Now within the sports drink, obviously the things that give it carbohydrates are the sugars. And this can be anything from like maltodextrin, glucose, fructose, or any other type of sugar. Like to me, it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't matter. People think it's the weirdest thing to me. Like people think that sugars in a sports drink is a terrible idea just because they have sugar phobia, but that's what provides you the energy. There's nothing inherently wrong with sugar being in a sports drink because that is your carbohydrate source. And any carbohydrate for that matter is basically broken down into a sugar and used as blood glucose or stored as muscle glycogen. So um, sugar in a sports drink is a good thing. You know, sugar in general before exercise is a good thing, whether you get that from a banana, a bagel, you know, the sugars you find in a sports drink. Um, so that's kind of, from the, like an endurance athlete's perspective, anywhere from 30 to 90 grams of carbs per hour after it's over an hour, depending on again intensity and duration. And that will basically be enough to resupply blood glucose to some extent, and then spare muscle glycogen for maybe harder, intenser efforts later down the line. Right. Um, when it comes to a strength athlete, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, like a football player, soccer might be a little bit different, but I mean, obviously you're not going to be burning as much 
carbohydrate. I mean, you could be, I guess I, I, I take that back. You could be, if you're doing like some pretty high intensity interval training and whatnot, or you're just really banging it out hard in the gym. But I mean, with that, yeah, sports drinks fine too. I would stick more to like the 30 grams of carbs per hour just to replenish muscle glycogen. That's, that's fine. Um, no issues with there. If it helps with hydration and helps you drink more. Yeah, that's, that's fine too. Now, if it's under an hour, again, you could probably just drink water or if you want something with flavor, you could do an electrolyte drink or, or whatnot. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't say like sports drinks are as important for more of like a strength athlete, um, as an endurance athlete. But again, I'm going to take that back and say, it's, it really just depends on how intensely they're doing it, you know, what kind of environment they're exercising in, um, and things of that nature. So I don't know, does that, does that answer your question about sports drinks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that does. I think, um, you know, sometimes you get the question about, you know, yeah, about the sugars, but is it, you know, some of this, like, is the sugar amount too much for the activity level they're doing? Like, you get, you know, some kids just walk around and drink Gatorade throughout the day, and they're not really doing much, you know? Yeah. Um, or some of these other drinks that have maybe some of these dyes and, like, extra colorings to make really cool flavors. And it's like, do yeah. you need that stuff, you know? That's kind of some of the stuff we get yeah well you think about it like most people don't drink gatorade because it hydrates them or because they're working out they just drink it because it tastes good right and yeah, those, right. Are the, those, those are the yeah those are the people that don't need it and like for the kids like i don't think you need to be slugging back like a sports drink all throughout the day i think if you're you know drinking enough water you're eating carbohydrate rich meals with protein and fat throughout the day you're having your snacks you're going to come into a workout pretty, pretty primed. And then if you, like I said, depending on how quickly you're depleting muscle glycogen or how blood glucose is running. Yeah. Then you can, you can drink a sports drink and that's, that's fine. I mean, there's a ton of research out there that they do definitely provide an ergogenic or performance enhancing benefit to athletes of all types. It's just, they, people just need to get over like the sugar phobia. Like you shouldn't be drinking like a sports drink during exercise. Cause I mean, in that case is like, it's great to use it because it's fuel to burn and that's what you need to keep performing at a, at a high level. Awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff. Did you want, did you talk about the electrolytes, Mike? Is that what you were at ASU? Oh, yeah, that... The last thing, electrolytes, uh, what are they doing? Why are they important? Oh man. I mean, electrolytes do, uh, a ton of stuff in the body, uh, regulate nerve and muscle function. Obviously they can hydrate the body, uh, help with blood volume, uh, blood acidity, help rebuild damaged tissues, the whole bunch of stuff that electrolytes do. Um, so you have sodium, magnesium, potassium, chloride, iron, calcium did i get them all yeah something like that i mean those are the those are the main ones you'll lose through sweat uh so in terms of like let's just take say for example I'll, i can kind of tell you why electrolytes are important here in a second but like the most common question you get is like do electrolytes prevent cramping and my answer is probably not but maybe i mean there's very little research that shows you know electrolytes prevent cramping cramping is more probably due to muscular fatigue that causes the nerves to freak out and then it kind of activates the protective mechanism of the body. So you don't like, you know, kill yourself pretty much, um, in terms of, uh, muscle and cardiovascular <laughs> system. So yeah, to answer that question, electrolytes probably have very, very little to do with, uh, cramping. 
Uh, what can electrolytes be important for? Well, like taken before a race, they can hyperhydrate because it causes the influx of fluid into the muscle cells. Um, again, it can help regulate nerve and muscle function um, and help maintain blood volume when you're exercising. Uh, the tricky thing is about electrolytes is everybody's a little different uh, as far as actually how much they lose through sweat. I mean, you'll have that person that goes out and does whatever in a hot environment and is barely sweating. And then you have the other person who comes back in and it looks like there's, you know, there's dried up salt all over their skin. Right. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> a light sweater versus a heavy sweater. So obviously the heavy sweater is losing more electrolytes um, through their sweat and they're probably going to need more electrolytes than the other person. But I would say, I mean, if you, I would definitely, if you're looking for like an electrolyte drink, whether it's in a sports drink or it's separate, you want to make sure all the electrolytes are included. Like sodium and potassium are great. Like they're awesome. I mean, sodium and potassium, I general kind of ballpark figure, sodium 400 milligrams per serving, potassium right around that amount or a little less. And then the, going down the line, um, you can look, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but you can kind of find out what the typical person loses per hour through sweat in terms of electrolytes. And I would try to match that up to what I see on the label. Okay. Awesome. All right, good stuff, man. Yeah, man. Matt, thanks again. <laughs> this is, uh, I, I don't know if you guys noticed that halfway through there, I had to move underneath shelter a little more because Florida weather, you know, one minute it's sunny, next minute it's raining. So that's why you got a different backdrop for the second half of the of the show here. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't think there's anything else I want to add. Um for nutrition and some of stuff. If you want to like follow somebody really good, or it would be even cool to have him on the podcast. I think you guys will get a kick out of him is a guy named Lane Norton. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. Check check him. I actually want you to check him out because he has some pieces on there about uh, the person I shall not mention that you mentioned before and just <laughs> check, check it out. But he'd be, okay. he, he'd be a hoot to have on the podcast or have nothing else. Uh, okay. Check out his Instagram. He's, he's a very, a very smart individual. And he, what I really appreciate about him is he really calls out like a lot of BS and the kind of the supplement training and diet arena, which is, I mean, it makes me laugh and it's, it's, I don't know, in a small way, it makes me feel really good. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'd love a little bit of controversy. I think that maybe that will get, you know, maybe our get our ratings up, Mike, you know, it's like a soap opera. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> take polls on who's, who they think is right. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, listen, this is the stuff that I'm doing. And, you know, this is, I'm, I'm listening to some of the things that they're saying, but I, that's why we do what we do and the due diligence behind it. You know, we want yeah. to do some research and bring on some people that, you know, that we feel have got some really good credibility. So that's why I brought it up. And, you know, like I, I'm not offended by it at all. Like, I mean, listen, I, I'm just here as the, as the consumer trying to get educated, you know, and then trying to pass that down to others, you know, so some just of your trying to get them the right information. Yeah, some of your reactions too just might be unique to you, like with the reaction to the um, 
Korea team, but I know Matt, the first time I gave him some performally, uh, you know, the, the bathroom had never seen so much of Joe Haas and his athletes were like, is Joe all right today? <laughs> I was like, oh man, maybe I should just stick the half a scoop. Yeah, maybe a half a scoop. Yeah, that was, that was lightning in a, in a, in a plastic oh, can. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it, it happens. Uh, yeah, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, not every supplement works for everybody. You know, some Mike, stuff Mike, did, Mike did not tell me that ahead of time. I think he did it and kind of did one of these, like, <laughs> like oh, I, give, it, give oh. that about 15 minutes to work, and then, pew, there he goes, running across the floor. This is great, man. I really appreciate you coming back on. Uh, let's try not to make it, like, every three years we bring you back, you know, like, maybe, like, you know, get us some good information. Get out there and do some do some – work and get us some good information and we'll get you back on here again i can do that awesome yeah man. awesome i appreciate it yeah hey, well, where can uh, where can people find you uh small town in spearfish population ten thousand. usually hold up in my house trying to avoid people gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> I, no i'm kidding i'm kidding i don't i don't know if i have an instagram account anymore or not i mean you can look there but um otherwise you know i'm kind of under the radar i kind of like just do doing my thing but every once in a while I'll, I'll so the website how about the website yeah there's uh there's endurelite.com obviously that's kind of where i put myself out there in terms of uh content keeping up with the research uh videos you know we're usually uh, posting out a couple of good articles a week and I mean, probably it's more towards the endurance side of things, but probably anything you ever want to know about endurance sports, nutrition, or training is probably located somewhere within the blog on the Enduralee website. There you go. We also do All the right, brain let's... bombs on the uh, on Enduralee Instagram, the 60-second brain bombs, kind of like this. It's like fast, uh, quick facts about certain supplements and stuff. Yeah, yep. We're usually dropping those. We taking the last couple of weeks off, but we're usually dropping those every Wednesday, I believe. Okay. That's awesome. All right. That's good nice. stuff. Mike, where can they find you? Uh, see, it's still the uh, honey badger underscore juicy on Instagram because we're keeping it juicy here and we're still, we're not stopping. So we're not changing. Uh, if not anything, stopping. we're just getting juicier every year. So that's the and goal. And then obviously <laughs> but, uh, Mike, Mike St. George on LinkedIn, right? Yep. Yep. A lot of content on LinkedIn. You're going to see a lot of the stuff that's going on in the rehab space. We'll be posting yep. these podcasts as well because we want, you know, some of the docs and the surgeons and other, other, you know, clinicians to be able to have access to this because, you know, we have other sports performance clinics or even just people that are just more general population. They ask these questions. Um, it's not always just about athletes, it's about people, you know, going through their uh, plan of care therapy and, and, you know, they need some nutrition advice um and obviously we have some other resources we send out for actual nutrition counseling but you know something like this that they could they could just kind of point to and just get some some you know uh, better information is very helpful so yeah. yeah fantastic you can find me at uh coach underscore haas h-o-s uh joe haas on linkedin and where most of all of our stuff is including our podcast uh it's the coach H-O-S as in Sam. So there it is. You guys have a great weekend. Matt, thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Mike, I'll talk to you during, uh, over the weekend. All right, sounds good. All right, take care, guys. Thanks, Thank guys. You. All right, Matt. Bye-bye. Right, take, right. take care. Bye.